I wish I could just like plant this into people's heads because I, I know what it feels like to walk into a church and think nobody's got problems like me because I've experienced that. There's nothing true about that mindset. There, it, it is a big lie. It's a, it's a lie that a lot of people that struggle from addiction tell themselves. All right, so welcome uh, to Beyond Sobriety, Hope, Help, and Transformation from Addiction through Christ. We are at episode three today, and I, yes, I did have to read that from our title uh, on here on the Facebook page. But welcome, everybody. Today uh, is, like I said, our third show, and we are going to be uh, discussing a relapse. And um, I think uh, this came from the ending of our last show. The idea in our mind is uh, we were talking about success and how you know, we had a guy that uh, had, had called and told me recently that uh, he had left here and had a relapse, but it wasn't the beginning of the end again, which it's a common story that uh, when people get some uh, sober time or uh, and, they, and they relapse, um, sometimes, uh, majority of the time that becomes the beginning of the end. And so we kind of want to talk about that today, about you know, what is some of the differences? What are some of the, the pitfalls? What are some things to think about? You know, how is it that we can encourage people that if they if they do have a uh, a relapse, that it does not have to be the beginning of the end again? First of all, we're going to talk a little bit about um, basically what is the difference between a lapse and a relapse, and 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 go down that from that way on. So, Jim, what's what do you consider the difference between a lapse and a relapse? Maybe a story that uh, from somebody that like maybe just remind folks of the story from last week or a different one if you have one as far as the difference between a lapse and a relapse. So I'm, I'm uh, the, the story from last week, if you hadn't uh, uh, been able to watch the show yet, uh, I had a guy that, that finished, he actually, uh, Freedom Farms a one-year program and he actually finished the, the, he stayed longer than the 12 months actually. And um, after, after that, he, he left here and um, he had a relapse that did not last long. It was pretty dramatic. Um, I'm not going to get into de details. Uh, so uh, it was pretty dramatic. But he immediately identified some things that uh, needed to change. And uh, he is now multiple years uh, without uh, having a, 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 a relapse or, or lapse. So uh, I guess the way we're defining it is that we, we call that a lapse. And uh, what we would say is a relapse is somebody that it becomes kind of the beginning of the end again. So they, 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 they use a substance after a period of, of sobriety and they don't stop using that substance until basically they're stopped. And this is something I think that uh, it, there's a lot of sayings out of the rooms of 12-step meetings that um, uh, that uh, you learn after being there for some time, and I think this is one they get right at, at Narcotics Anonymous, is that uh, the future for people that are that are continuing on with their substance is jails, institutions, and death. And pretty much, uh, if one of those things doesn't happen, um, they're not going to stop. So that was kind of your experience as well when you you had several years of sobriety, and then you went to Bible college, and then you got back into some of the old friends and the situation and you had a hard relapse where you for, went for like five years or something, right? Yes, five years. And um, multiple, no, no jails in any of that, uh, but multiple institutions, institutions being hospital stays, 
um, uh, crisis stabilization units, which is people that are suicidal. They hold them. I was Baker acted quite a few times. Um, and then uh, rehab facilities. I, I had gone to multiple rehab facilities too. Um, and Freedom Farm being the last one, the last institution that um, that I ended up in where things changed. So, so then what do you, how can you, as somebody that is either in treatment or as somebody, uh, how can you kind of set yourself up? Obviously, there's no way that you're going to ever say that they, if you do X, Y, and Z, you're not going to relapse. But there's obviously things that you can do that would set you up to be much less likely to relapse. So uh, for me, one of the most helpful things for that, that had to transition in my mind and um, uh, was that before um, I had what I was told is a d disease. So I was kind of born with this, with this thing that was different than most people. Um, and uh, uh, when certain things would happen, I would, I would, uh, if, if I would give in or that disease would be fed or however you want to think about it, it was almost off like off to the races again, you know? Um, now I don't look at my problem as being a unique disease issue. I have a sin problem, right? And, um, what, what, how does that, how does that change things? Um, and if you, if you know that, then I, I basically start to take a little bit more responsibility because of what, uh, how I was led into the relapse in the first, first place. And here is, um, um, James chapter one, starting at verse 14, it says, and this is talking about sinful human beings in general. And remember, James is being written to believers. So he's saying that this happens to believers, right? He says that, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it, it has conceived, give birth, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So there's one of the three places you, you can end up. Um, and I believe what James is talking about there is death, is not just, phys just physical death, which I think it could be. I think it's a sense of when you are a believer and you give into sin and you stay in that bondage, it feels like death. It's like a spiritual death. So um, what I'm saying from that is that James is saying that my lapse, if I'm going to think about it, has to do with me allowing my desires to be enticed um, and I gave in and that led to where I am. And, and you know, there's this significant um, thing to think about when it comes to that mindset of feeling like death, because this is what a lot of my brothers and sisters don't realize. That's, it's actually literally said that that's the way you're going to end up, but they feel so defeated, so guilty, so shameful, right? That they do what they've always done in order to uh, to deal with guilt, shame, and they continue to use and try to make it silent. And it, basically, you're just compounding the problem. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So what you just talked about has to do with um, you as an individual and relating to a God, to, to the God of the universe. But that's all on your individual level. Are there things that don't have to do with you that can maybe put some safeguards in your life? 
that would help you to not relapse as well um, along the way, you know, that, that don't all depend upon you. So, you know, p- places you can go to or people you can go to for help. You're saying the other saying that comes out of uh, the 12 step, uh, the rooms of 12 step, which is a very good, you know, these quick little, you know, anecdotes to, to know are very good. They've always been very helpful. And it's true. Yeah, uh, uh, people, places, and things. You change people, places, and things. And um, uh, to borrow that idea and to bring it into Christianity, um, if you understand that God gives us what are called means of grace, right? That means that there are there are there are things that that God has given us as human beings in order to uh, to uh, um, uh, 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 capitalize on his grace like things that we can do one of them is reading his word right we are we we actually literally feed off his word um the one that uh um i want to uh basically say when it comes to people places and things is christian fellowship right so fellowshipping with other believers is um is a means of god's grace because within that we understand our that we are part of a body and that in this body, uh, we have responsibilities, and some of that responsibility is coming alongside others that are hurting and struggling. And guess what that ends up doing to an individual? It kind of gets you out of your own head as you're able to pour into somebody else. And in that act, God blesses us with um, with grace, right? Right. Well, and in addition to that, it also allows being part of that community and that Christian community. If it's a good community that you feel safe in, that you feel, you know, the people are open to share with each other in, well, then it shows you that you're not the only one with problems. You're not the only one with struggles. There's probably other people in there that also struggle with drugs or with other addictive things in their lives. But by by i mean just by knowing the people that are in the church you've got marriage problems you've got relationship problems you've got problems with children anger all kinds of things that maybe you as the person you can help them with while they in turn help you not relapse or deal with your lapse and and not make your lapse turn into a relapse exactly and it's funny i just kind of like a, a little side note on what something you just mentioned um, when it comes to when you're in a Christian community, you start realizing all these people have their own problems. They may not share with a substance abuse addiction problem, right? But man, do they have problems. And this is something that I... The human condition. Right. I wish I, could, I wish I could just like plant this into people's heads because I, I know what it feels like to walk into a church and think nobody's got problems like me because I've experienced that. And then there's that shame that you deal with that I have this special problem and it keeps me from being vulnerable and, and, um, and engaging in the community that God has provided in order to work through in order to, to help me grow, right? But man, if you could just understand, just trust me, there's nothing true about that mindset. There, it, it is a big lie. It's a, it's a lie that a lot of people that struggle from addiction tell themselves because, you know, I'm, I'm now nine years into uh, a, a new life, transform life. And I, I'm pretty involved in church. I'm actually pretty involved in, in, uh, you know, things that are a little bit, not, I mean, that not, not a little bit that are just not outward, right? I, I have deep relationships. I know people and, you know, I'm not here to like kind of air people's dirty laundry, but 
Let me tell you something. I mean, people that have never used a cig smoked a cigarette, never drank anything in their life, got some serious problems. And I'm not laughing at their problems. I'm laughing at this mindset that I had had for years and years and years that like all these people are living these lives that look nothing like mine. And there's just no truth to any of that. There's just really no truth to any of that. So finding, get, stop believing that lie, get involved in a church and you will start to, if you got people that you're fellowship with that, that, that actually do believe that, that they are on some kind of a spiritual um, level that you'll never attain. Yeah. Leave that church. Cause there's a, there's a, there, it's not a good church. So I don't know if that makes any, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that makes a little sense. So, so getting your relationship right and trying to maintain your relationship right with, with your creator would be step one. Step two, maybe get, get involved in a community that you can know and trust and participate in. Um, yeah. I mean, with that, if Christ has purchased you, right. He didn't just purchase you to go out and chase your desires and dreams and all that. He wants you to be part of something that he is doing. And so in general, what is he doing? He's building his kingdom, right? Um, we need to be a part of that in some way. So yes, you have something to do. You have responsibility if you've been purchased. So, so then when we're talking about not turning the laps into the relapse. So obviously that implies that just like any sin that you may fall, mm -hmm. that, that there will be, you know, do you, have you ever heard of anybody that God just snap and, and the, the addiction or the, their addictive personality or their, their want, their desire was just gone and they never had it again. And they didn't have to think about it. You ever heard anybody like that? I have, we have one that works for us. His really? name is James Hester. Oh, really? He says that, uh, that one day the desire for uh, alcohol and c cigarettes too left them. And, uh, I would say that, uh, it is not the norm. It's obviously, uh, uh, uh I'm not gonna, uh, I don't understand it. <laughs> you know? Well, I have to say, I mean, there was there was a time 10, uh, 15 years ago, actually, that, that I, I struggled with uh, online pornography. And so and that's the way God took care of it in my life. I took it away. Well, so the way that that happened was I was going to a church. I was leading the youth group. I was um, obviously I was in the Air Force at the time. So um, but anyway, I, ha I made a step toward God by connecting with one of the guys in the church I, that I had a special connection with. And we started on our own kind of a Bible study that we would get together every week. And we were reading through a book and doing Bible study and stuff. And, and I just felt convicted that I needed to share my addiction with him. And so I did. And I, I shared with him and we prayed about it. And it was gone. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't say that I've never, ever, you know, since then. Uh, but what I can say is, you know, when I, when that does, when that has happened, the three or four times in the, since that time that it has happened, it's these kinds of protective measures that I've put in place that mm -hmm. help me not turn that lapse into a relapse. I mean, I still look at the scandal clad girl go walking down the street, but I, I immediately, I actually make a conscious decision when I see lingerie commercials on TV, when I get the lingerie catalog in the mail that I didn't order, you know, I, 
I consciously throw that catalog in the trash as soon as it comes in the door. I, I consciously look away from lingerie commercials on TV because I don't need to put that into my head. Right. And and so and that's because that glorifies God. That's because those things dishonor the women that they're that they're um, showing on the screen, and they dishonor my wife by me entertaining even the thought of that kind of stuff. So. Those are the kinds of things, safeguards that, that we like to see guys put in their lives and that being in Christian community can do. Um, but are there other ways that you can kind of turn that relapse or that lapse and not and make sure that it doesn't become a relapse? Uh, yeah. So um, uh, what I was wanting to, uh, what I started off with is saying that first understanding the mechanism behind why I got there is, I think, very important because then you, you own it. You take responsibility, say, you know what, I did something to allow my desire to take me away, right? And then I think Todd just great, I mean, this is straight out of Second Corinthians or Second Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10. So uh, this is starting at verse three. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, right, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power. Uh, uh, to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So what Todd just explained that like, so you're not with fellowship and whatnot, but you're by yourself and then something happens. What did he do? He took that thought captive, right? And he, and he, and he brought Christ into that conversation in his mind and he obeyed, right? So understanding that you have this power, if, if it's my responsibility not to let my desires take me away, I have to do something when it comes to when the desire comes up. And that's what's been laid out to, uh, what, what Todd just said he practices, right? I take my th thought captive and, uh, and I bring Christ into that conversation and I obey him. And, and you know what? It, this is where you can't explain supernatural, right? I mean, but that's, what we're called to do, and God supernaturally empowers change to occur through that as you obey Him. So that's one of the things that we can do. And yes, absolutely be fellowshipping with other believers. And you know what? Um, I would even suggest that that uh, if you had an experience like that, then you would hopefully have somebody you go and tell, hey, you know what? I was driving down the street today, and this uh, scantily <laughs> dressed woman and I had to go ahead and take my thought captive. I just wanted to kind of, uh, you know what? When you voice your temptation and sin, it, it, you you kind of you kind of uh, take, the take the power away from it. Yeah, you take the teeth out of it, take the claws out of it, and then guess what? Then you'll realize there's something new you have to deal with. So, so you're not going to reach this plane where you don't like have to face temptation and stop doing this until we are in glory one day, and that's the hope we can look forward to. But we have things to battle the flesh with, and that's what you're talking about. Well, and the other thing I would say is just knowing the fact that everybody sins, everybody struggles with different things, doesn't mean, you know, when you struggle with whether it's using again or whether it's something else, you know, taking that to your Christian friend and taking that to your Christian brothers and sisters and, and admitting it takes the power out of it. It also when you take it to God and ask for forgiveness, it takes the shame out of it as well. 
you know, and so then you don't have to go around carrying this load of shame. You don't have to go around carrying this load of guilt over what you did. And I'm such a bad person because I, I had this lapse, this temporary situation. You can get rid of that, that shame. You can get rid of that guilt just by sharing it with God and confessing your sin and asking for forgiveness and being part of that community and being a valuable part of that community. And you can help other people rid themselves of that shame as well in their lives. Yeah, Christ has covered all our shame, okay? Now, when I'm feeling shame, a lot of times I'm not believing that, right? So I need to, I need to do something with that. One other verse, um, this is a pretty famous one, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So, again... If I'm not being tempted beyond my ability, that means I have some responsibility in order to fight the temptation. And we've discussed a little bit about fighting that temptation. You can also go to uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and and really just meditate on the whole armor of God to battle the war um, that we are at, this spiritual battle. You know, that's uh, this is the spiritual battle of our flesh being tempted um, uh, by uh, uh, through our desires, you know, and... God has given us uh, what we need in order to battle, battle the flesh. So as a way of kind of finishing up this episode and wrapping it up, kind of summarize, uh, if you would, just kind of the, the maybe, I, I think we've covered three or maybe four different ways that you can kind of protect yourself or insulate yourself a little bit. Um, what would those be? Um, first is understanding that you are led into sin by your own desires, okay? Try not to find some kind of outward thing. We are terrible at, at blaming everybody else for all of our problems, right? Um, it's your fault, <laughs> okay? But I also understand, I want you, uh, I want you to understand that that's, that's true for everybody, not just the addict, okay? So Christian living, um, uh, we need to understand that that um, uh, we all have the same human condition. Um, with that said, take advantage of the things that God has given us um, um, in order to battle the flesh, okay? Um, we, we take the thoughts captive. We, uh, we, we understand that because it's our responsibility, He's given us, uh, as we turn to Him, the power to, to battle uh, 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 this world and our flesh and desires. We, we have the armor, but we also have things like fellowship, we have other believers. We have accountability. We have, we have the word of God, and we have we have authorities that we put ourselves under. You know, we didn't even discuss that, but you know, you put yourselves under the subject of of the ruling authorities of your church. Like so, make yourself. You can't do that unless people know who you are and what's going on with you, right? Um, and um, and and remember, you know, uh, uh, a third thing. Remember that when it comes to the the guilt and shame. That is the reason why we have the gospel, okay? Um, we need to be turning to that in our, in our mindset when, um, uh, uh, when you're struggling with these because that guilt and shame can compound and keep you down. Let me, let me just kind of end it with, with saying this. This is an unintentional consequence, I think, from the chip system that I know I was so a part of. And they even, they even in the Christian versions of 12-step meetings, you know, they, they have these chip systems. Now, so what I say it's unintentional is that they give these 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 tokens right for to 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 celebrate time, links of sobriety right. So you give it to the person and 
hey, I got 30 days, I got six, 90 days, I have, I have six months and nine months and one year and then multiple years. So you're, you're focused on this time of not having a lapse, right? And then what happens? You have a lapse and then all of that time now suddenly is weighing so heavily with the guilt and shame on top of you, right? Why don't we treat other sins this way? You know, what if I have six months of not yelling at my wife because I let my flesh get in? What if, what if I have one? I mean, do I allow like a lapse in that thing to do what this just devastate you. devastate you and keep you pressed down? No, we don't. So look, it's great to celebrate links of sobriety, but if you're not careful, if that becomes your identity, like, look, I haven't used in 12 months, right? And then you use, but you don't have a proper perspective on spiritual growth, right? That can actually become a huge hindrance. And again, I don't think it's intentional, but it does exist. It kind of keeps your focus on the fact that, you know, I'm trying not to relapse. I'm trying not to relapse. And there's, there's some psychological evidence maybe or studies that have been done that kind of, you know, what you focus on is what you head towards. So right. if you're focusing on not relapse, not relapse, not relapse, you're, you're, you're dancing with heading toward a relapse. I mean, just the fact that you're constantly thinking about it. Okay. Yeah, we are not created to manage sin. Like sin management is a friend of mine at church. He talks about sin management all the time where it's a very dangerous thing to do. It's like we get tempted and we don't give in to the temptation immediately. And then we go around going, yeah, look at me, you know, and you don't plug in any of this other stuff that I've talked about. You don't like take the thought captive, bring it before the Lord and say, I'm obeying in him. You don't like, uh, come to him in gratitude for giving you the ability to say no. You just simply say no and then feel good about it. Say no and feel good about it. You don't tell a brother. You don't pass on. You're not giving out words of wisdom to other people struggling with the same. You just manage your sin on a daily basis. Guess what ends up happening? You don't grow because you're not you're not getting the whole picture, right? So don't don't get caught up in sin management. Don't get caught up in in sobriety management. There's so much more out there when it comes to what's called the, uh, the process of sanctification or growth and holiness. At the moment of temptation, there's been so much to, to bring you closer to Christ and that if, we, if we're looking at it um, with a proper perspective. Yeah, and one thing that kind of occurred to me as we were talking, as you are just talking that last bit what, as well, is um, when you're struggling and, and you're kind of on that precipice of you're making that decision, you know, do I or don't I, do I or don't I, reach out to somebody else. Absolutely. That, play, that is an awful place to be alone, you know, and if you are, if you're struggling with that decision and you're alone, you need to go be with people and you need to go be with, with friends that, that are going to support you in the direction that you want to go and, and not encourage you to go the other way. Thanks for, uh, for being a part of the show, and uh, we'll see you soon. We'll let you know. Well, I would, I would say if you want to be notified when we're doing episodes live as well as when they go on to YouTube and when they go on our website and that kind of stuff, go to beyondsobriety.org. Uh, right on the front page, you can sign up for our email list, and that will uh, then you'll get notified of those things. In addition to that, there are resources. When we put up the, each episode on the website, we will list different resources that you that might help you out if you are struggling in the particular uh, topic of that episode like this one if you're struggling if you're wanting more information on how to avoid relapse or how to what to how to take captive take sin cap take thoughts sinful thoughts captive um, you know we'll offer some resources there that you might want to check out as well 
Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you uh, next time.